In MBA admissions interview, the ethical dilemma question has now become a regular feature. The question is, give an example of an ethical dilemma you faced. How did you handle it? Ethical dilemma stems from any action that violates information asymmetry or takes advantage of the power dynamics in an organization. The protagonist, you, would feel uncomfortable as the choices are not easy and the right path has consequences both on you and for your organization. The most common ethical dilemma involves the information disparity between a client and the employer. As a service provider, sales teams have a thorough understanding of the client's needs. The add-on services and clauses that capture additional revenue from the client might be a strategy that is good for the company's bottom line. The problem arises when they are abused. Depending on your job function and industry, some of the unethical practices might have become mainstream, with no one battling an eyelid to question the practice. Citing examples that demonstrate a complete shakeup of a system or your organization's common practices might not be believable as the admissions team realizes the limited power you had. However, if you're part of a core team in a startup environment, mentioning such an example is ideal. For a larger organization, the ethical dilemma could arise in six forms. Number one, overbilling. The duty towards a company precedes the customer and society. At least this is an implicit understanding among professionals. Charging for services that are not provider or buffering billable hours is an all too common phenomenon in consulting and technology. Rarely have we seen the example cited in our mock interview session. If you took a stand and addressed the need to be fair in billing, the example would stand out. Offer the details of the project, the timeline and the practices established in the company. An example where only a one-time objection was made should be avoided. Instead, choose such instances only if you have brought the systemic issue to the management and suggested solutions to accurately measure billable hours. Number two, accounting. Depending on the accounting rules the company follows, borrowing from future cash flow for demonstrating growth in the current year is a move that arises in two scenarios. One, when a major funding round is pending, or in other cases, when there is an acquisition. In some cases, a desperate few quarters could push the management to do strange things. If you were in accounting or leading the due diligence of an acquisition, the accounting practices would have become apparent. We had a client who took an influential board member to the side and shared the disturbing observation of the target company inflating foreign exchange transaction and the valuation of their assets. It was a done deal, but the finance professional understood that acquiring a culture of dishonesty would lead to additional costs in legal fees and invite unnecessary attention from the regulators. By persistently discouraging the partnership, the applicant successfully convinced the management to cancel the deal. There was a short-term loss, but he managed to save the company from reputational damages and costs in legal fees. Number three, talent acquisition. For those who jump ships every two years, the hidden restrictions on poaching talent might go unnoticed. Fortune 500 companies disgrace the active persuasion of their superstar performers. The decision to switch function, industry, role, or pursue MBA should be voluntary. Any hints of actively chasing talents trigger retaliation that has gone on to take over an entire department. Applicants have shared the unusual approaches competing companies applied in garnering their attention. Contractors joining the Fortune 500 company is one such ethical violation. If you have an experience where offers came to your lab from your customer or the bigger company and you resisted, include them. Not all job offers are bad, but opportunities thrown around primarily through financial incentives at the crucial phase of the project are examples that are clear signs of an ethical violation. Number four, social impact. Greater good of the society or ESG or social development goals is a differentiating marketing message that CEOs repeat to gain the loyalty of socially conscious customers. The real business practices of exploiting the helplessness of the citizens in the emerging economy 
or the inhumane conditions in the many manufacturing hubs have not seen many drastic changes. However, a top-down social good approach in investment has begun as extreme weather conditions and the realization that harming the future customer is not a strategy that businesses would sustain for the next 20 to 30 years. The work-from-home dynamics that drastically disrupted the traditional practices is an accidental correction that brings attention to work-life balance among professionals. Sustainable Development Goals SDG have integrated with profit goals through real-time measurement tools that establish year-on-year -year targets and monitor the impact on the environment and the society the project is impacting. For projects in developing economies, clean water and sanitation, education, hunger management, gender equality, and climate action are some of the higher priorities of sustainable goals. With board meetings incorporating SDG as a key performance metric, a new way of doing business is seeping into the business culture. Any example where you were involved in establishing the SDG or introducing the concept into decision-making would help you stand out in the admissions interview. Offer context on the resistance in incorporating the change and how you persuaded the management to adopt some of the policies in sustainability. What if, if you don't have any ethical dilemma experience? And to be honest, somebody who has worked for three to five years in a traditional organization with limited customer-facing opportunities would actually have no such experience. Then you must find examples of tough decisions like letting someone go or recommending a person in an unbiased manner for promotion or not following through an unethical practice that your supervisor suggested or any decisions or practice that you felt would limit the damage of an unethical decision are also good examples. In one of the mock interview sessions, I learned about an organization that is a technology partner for a fortune finder company. The representative of the larger organization found a way to access some of the crucial source codes of products without seeking any permission. Although the breach was out of curiosity, the candidate still felt that a product that contributed close to 65% of the revenue was being accessed without any authorization because of the special nature of the partnership. He escalated the permission loophole to the management. Because the organization was small, the policies changed overnight and when a partner meeting happened the next time around, all the resource access was clearly defined before the meeting. This is a technical and administrative solution to an unethical practice. I'm sure you might have similar experiences where you could negate the impact of the unethical practice. So if you're not directly involved in stopping an unethical practice, at least changing processes, technology or policies to limit the impact of an unethical practice it's an alternative narrative that you should use. I hope you got value from my tips. On average, it takes three to four hours of supervised preparation to master MBA admissions interview. I'm here to help you with interviews. You can subscribe to FNGMAT's MOOC interview service by visiting store.fngmat.com slash MOOC hyphen interview hyphen service, where I help you prepare for the interview with live feedback and alternative scripts. I'm Atul Jose. See you in the next winning MBA interview tips.